Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch, chop, retrofit. So how excited are you guys for getting scuffed up tomorrow? Yeah, I'm ready to get scuffed. Chelsea, feeling scuffy? I don't know. I don't really know what that means, but I'm excited to go to the scuff movie festival. The South Carolina Underground Film Festival, where we three chop shoppers will be in attendance tomorrow. And I'm pretty excited about it. This will be my first time inside of a movie theater since March of 2020, since before the, the big one. Yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive. And so um, we're going to go and we're going to check out several shorts blocks and also uh, a, at least one of the feature presentations and uh, hopefully have a real nice time and make some new friends. Yeah. Some new listeners. Yeah. Some chop shoppers out there. But this is not a uh, blatant request for more listeners. <laughs> Welcome to season 10, episode one, the season premiere of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs like us decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is Cinema Traverite, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Travisena. Uh huh. AKA an inconvenient Travis. All right. I like it. I'm, I am all of those things. And I'm joined, as always, here in the shop by my co host and co producer, Sean's of my father, <laughs> AKA Coronation, AKA X rated Ambition, the Tracy Lord story. <laughs> and in our third seat, Chop Shop Regulator, Orson Chells, AKA. <laughs> Here is always somewhere else, a.k.a. in Chelsea search of tomorrow. Nice. Further description of the show. The tagline says watch chop retrofit because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Disclaimer, though, we're not actually in favor of the remake reboot sequel dependent cinematic culture. That's not real. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we succeed on the real. On the real, y'all. Uh, so speaking of reels, I can hear that sound effect right there. That means it's time for our first segment, which is going to be movie news. And this is where throughout the week we try to pay attention to stories that pertain to the world of cinema or that pertain to our show, the kind of things that we're talking about, or that you, the Chop Shoppers, might find interesting. And unfortunately, we do have to start it off with an RIP. Rest in peace and rest in power to Michael Laughlin, cult filmmaker and Tulane Blacktop producer, dies at 82. Laughlin succumbed to complications related to COVID-19 and passed in his residence in Honolulu, Hawaii. So if you... I mean, if you got to go and go out from COVID, might as well do it in Honolulu. Aloha. Aloha. And rest in peace and rest in power once again to him. Next, on a lighter note, Steve Buscemi dresses as the how do you do fellow kids meme for Halloween. Now, Sean, you sent this to me. What's going on there? It was so cool. It was just pretty badass. He was dressed as that that meme he sported a red baseball cap and music band (laughs) t-shirts as he handed out candy in park slope what was an addendum to that he was trick-or-treating with elvis costello oh that's great yeah i mean that was pretty cool too yeah steve buscemi can do no wrong in my book speaking of doing wrong this guy did a man dressed as the joker stabs at least 17 people on the tokyo commuter train on a tokyo commuter train a knife wielding man dressed as the joker and i'm assuming it's the joaquin phoenix version um went on a crazed rampage aboard a tokyo commuter train sunday stabbing at least 17 people and starting a fire before finally being taken into custody there's no um At least I haven't seen any video footage of the actual assault, the murders. Uh, But you do have footage of people running down the train away from where it's happening. And it was very eerily similar to uh, Train to Busan. Oh, yikes. Yeah, Yeah, it was was messed up. And that that whole story is messed up. But that comes to us from the New York Post. Uh, Next, this is a a story that Sean doesn't think is real. Super Troopers team Broken Lizard sets Hunchback of Notre Dame satire quasi 
at Searchlight. Yeah. Quasi, a satirical take on The Hunchback of Notre Dame, just kicked off production in Los Angeles. The film will follow a hapless hunchback who yearns for love, but finds himself in the middle of a murderous feud between the Pope and the King of France when each orders the hunchback to kill the other. Broken Lizard is also currently in development of the much-anticipated Super Troopers 3 Winter Soldiers. <laughs> and that's from Variety. Uh, next, uh, congratulations to Cal Penn. He has uh, come out as gay and announced his engagement to his partner of 11 years. Penn gave his story during an interview on this week's CBS Sunday Morning, and he's also promoting his new tell-all memoir, You Can't Be Serious, touching on his introduction to acting, his time working with the Obama administration, and his relationship with his partner, Josh. So next, uh, Natalie Wood was sexually assaulted as a teenager by Kirk Douglas, her sister writes in memoir. For decades, it's been one of Hollywood's darkest rumors that Natalie Wood was sexually assaulted by a top movie star more than twice her age when she met with him at a hotel in Los Angeles as a teenager. In a memoir coming out this week, Wood's younger sister identifies the long, sus long suspected assailant as Kirk Douglas. And that's from the Associated Press. Next, uh, this is our final story for this week. Paul Newman's memoir will be published published posthumously, posthumously next year. Uh, Newman's final appearance in a live action feature film was The Road to Perdition almost 20 years ago. Uh, Newman passed away in 2008, but next fall you'll be able to read his newly discovered memoir. And that's from slashfilm.com. Apparently uh, it was left unfinished and his estate maybe his widow somebody uh authorized somebody to go in and finish it up but they they make all of the caveats that they need to like all right this is where the original manuscript stopped this is the rest of the story so no, they're just going to print them in segments on the back of the uh, salad dressing bottles yes <laughs> thank you and that is all we've got for movie news this week uh do you guys hear a phone ringing that must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Boo, jour, chop shoppers. I counted 17 acting credits for Mort Saul on his IMDb page. The Guilty is a remake of a Danish movie. That's it for this mini correction sode. See you next time. All right. Uh, thank you, Dana, for that. And that makes me want to get a Danish and feed it to a great Dane. All right, that will close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this week, bringing us to the theme of the episode. We have a kind of innovative subject tonight. We're talking about documentaries, but if they were recast as biopics. Yes. And there's a lot mm -hmm. of examples of this out there. A well-known person has a documentary made about them, or vice versa, a biopic made about them. And then you can watch them side by side, the biopic and the documentary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, for example, the uh, there's a bunch of documentaries about Jim Morrison from The Doors. Yeah. And then you've also got the... Uh, the Doors? The movie, The Doors. And uh, you can you can make comparisons there. It's like, yeah. so what did you think of this... Uh, this actor being selected, this casting, this recasting. It's like uh, March of the Penguins and Happy Feet. Yeah, exactly. The <laughs> same scenario. <laughs> and Chelsea, this was actually your idea for this one, right? It was. And um, how do you feel about documentaries in general? Uh, probably my favorite genre okay. of film. I, sure. I like them because you are being entertained, but also educated, mm -hmm. edutainment. And, and also, a lot of them are a very, very comfortable runtime, right around 90 minutes. Yeah. It works, works well. Sean, how about you? How do you feel about documentaries? I love documentaries. In preparation for this week, I was just going back and looking at some of my favorites you know, from recent years. Uh, March of the Penguins, which I was just joking about, came out the same year as Murderball. Do you remember that about the? I do uh, remember the, that. The that's amazing. That, that's fantastic, and that's uh, still a thing. Murder ball. Yeah, and then you've got the whole, uh, you know, Roger and me bowling for Columbine, mm -hmm. Fahrenheit 9/11. Whether you like him or not, Mike yep. Moore, Michael Moore. Yep, and then you have the Super Size Me guy with uh, his Morgan Spurlock. Yep, his whole run. Um, there's a lot of cool docs that are, you know, 
hip and fresh, yeah. you know, and not as how do you um, do, fellow kids? Yeah, I mean, but but seriously, like there was a time where documentaries were very much in that PBS mm-hmm. kind of style. Ken Burns, yeah, where in the like in the last twenty or so years, documentaries have become very, very. Um, not just relevant, but entertaining in the way that they're done. Yeah, I no, I think that you you hit something there. They documentaries did become hip in the past couple decades. As whereas before, it'd be like somebody would be like, "Oh, he just wants to watch documentaries." You right. know, yeah. it's uh, it's just another example of nerd culture becoming part of the zeitgeist. Yes. All right. So uh, I don't think we really need to describe what a documentary is. It's a um, non-fictional <laughs> motion picture intended to document reality. Yeah. Turn the camera on. Yeah. And uh, they early documentary films were actually called actuality films. Okay. And then you've got the uh, Cinema Verte movement. And uh, now social media platforms like YouTube have made documentaries of any subject and length accessible to almost everybody with an internet connection. That being said, are you guys ready to get into our next segment? The Midnight Double Feature. This is where we go around the panel and we each talk about two movies that we've pre-selected that we feel are conducive to our subject at hand this week. Chelsea, would you give us your double feature? So I really love Formula One. Formula One? They don't say it like that. Formula One? I mean, you can say it like that. Nobody else does. But I, I love it. Okay. So my documentaries are about two racers that have unfortunately met tragedy, I guess. Okay. So the first one is from 2010. It's called Senna. It's about Arrington Senna, a driver like in the late 80s, early 90s, who was just incredible. Okay. One of the greats, for sure. In terms of his driving ability or his charisma? Both. All of it. Okay. All of it. Um, he advocated for a lot of, like, rule changes. He got pissed off about the politics and the mm-hmm. money shit that happens in Formula One. And he he died on the track. Oh, wow. Was he, it in an accident? It was. Okay. They were in Italy, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Friday qualifier, there was a fucking terrible accident. That guy was okay. Saturday qualifying, another accident. That guy died. Sunday, the race, Arrington crashed and he died. And you see these other two crashes and they're horrific. Like they're awful. Arrington's doesn't look that terrible. It's like his wheels lock up and he just kind of glides into the wall. Thank you. It's my double feature. Sorry. I watched watched it last night. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It doesn't look that terrible, but the angle in Uh which the front of the car hit, the driving shaft hit his helmet and it was a fatal head injury. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. So that, that, what are you going to pair it with? So I'm pairing that with 2021's Schumacher about Michael Schumacher. Okay. This is your, your long lost uncle. No. Interestingly enough, when Arrington died, Schumacher was just coming on the scene Uh and those two were like kind of fighting it out. So the crash happened right behind Schumacher. Uh Uh-huh. Really amazing Formula One driver. Even if you're not into it, you have heard that name. He rose to fame within it. I compare Schumacher to Michael Jordan. Okay. In that you knew he was going to be there in the championship. You knew that he was going to hit all of his points. Schumacher was always, always there. It was like if he started out a race in the lead, go take a nap and come back. He's going to finish it as the winner. All right. Well, you invoked Air Jordan. Which of the two, Senna or Schumacher, are the GOAT? Senna. Senna's the GOAT? That's right. the first one, isn't it? Or just the greatest of all time? Greatest of all time. Yes. No, I, I still think Senna. But what's interesting about the Schumacher documentary, because after his ski accident where mm-hmm. he hit his head and it, the family has just been hush, hush, hush. They won't release anything. Nobody really knows sort of the condition that he's in at all. His he, wife and his kids are in this documentary. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, his wife was like, Michael really prides himself on privacy and holding that you know personally yeah. and i'm just i'm just not going to and the way she said it was so sincere it was like okay gotcha. i'm gonna i'm touching. gonna stop digging also ironically um because of the angle at which he had that skiing accident the driving shaft hit him right in the head right all right thank you chelsea for that over to you sean what is your 
double feature for us. All right. My first film is from 1988. It's called Comic Book Confidential. Yep, yep. I've seen it. It's a great documentary about the uh, rise of underground comics. Well, not not just underground comics, but uh, just comics in general. But uh, Comics becoming more mainstream? Yeah, I think so. Starts out with a lot of the EC comics and you know, the horror comics and mm-hmm. tales from the crypt. Yeah. That kind of stuff. And then it gets into the underground hippie movement and some of the uh, people of the time that were also there. Fun fact, EC comics went on to, uh, become basically mad magazine. Yes. Yes. Uh, and we had joked about this. We were talking about recasting some of these people yes. as biopic castings. So, um, I was going to recast, uh, William Gaines from EC comics as, uh, by, um, with Horatio Sands. William F. Gaines, the founder of EC Comics. Yeah, yeah like the old man with the big beard. Yes, he's amazing, dude. Right. I'm well familiar. It might, his middle name might not start with an F, but I, it it's might William, be H. William M. Gaines. William but, M. Gaines. But uh, okay. uh, Paul Giamatti has to reprise his role yes. as Harvey Picar. Yes, and who's going to be Crumb? Crumb, I'm going to cast from the band They Might Be Giants, John Linnell. Okay, I was going to say fucking the aforementioned Steve Buscemi. Uh, yeah, that would work. You could do a crumb. Yep, yep. Uh, so I'm going to pair that with a film from 2005, The Devil and Daniel Johnston. All right, explain. Okay. Unfortunately, film doesn't come with smell. Smell-o-vision does. But looking at some of the underground comic artists and their working conditions, I kind of think that, that probably most of them stink. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Daniel Johnston definitely stinks. Okay. He just now, doesn't he, look like a hygienic person. He is it shouldn't it be past tense? Isn't he lo- no longer with us? Smelt. Smelt. <laughs> he is no longer with us. That's true. He definitely stunk. Daniel Johnston, of course, being the very influential underground musician, uh played a huge role in influencing Kurt Cobain's mm-hmm. music. Uh also was an illustrator, which is another thread between these two films. Yep. Uh, but uh, in this movie, um, I would definitely see Daniel Johnson being played by um, Patton Oswalt. Okay. And who will play the devil? <laughs> uh, Jason Sudeikis. There you go. In his SNL <laughs> devil costume. I like it, man. That's very good. All right. So my double feature is also, um, of course, two documentaries, but they, uh, they're both about adventure and somewhat solitude. So the first one is 180 Degrees South, and it came out in 2010. It was directed by Chris Malloy, and it's got an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Adventurer Jeff Johnson retraces a 1968 trip to Patagonia, undertaken by his heroes, Yvonne Chouinard. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I did my due diligence. And Doug Thompson. don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but uh, also, it's a harrowing journey. He has a lot of setbacks he's in like a one-man sailboat and the mast breaks and Mm -hmm. he has to like dock at this island and they have to help him sounding really homoerotic now they have to get him a new (laughs) a new mast uh anyway uh it's great and the music in the movie is fantastic it features ugly casanova uh who is really just modest mouse uh james mercer who is the shins and then Mason Jennings, who is heir to the Mason Jar fortune. Next, I'm pairing that with Free Solo. Free Solo from 2018. Free Han Solo. Yeah, you got to let him out of that carbonite. Uh, it was directed by Elizabeth Chai whoo, Vassarily and Jimmy Chin. And they both made the movie Niru, N-E-R-U. Uh, also about mountain climbing. Uh, this one's got a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. The tagline is Live Beyond Fear. Professional rock climber Alex Honnold attempts to conquer, conquer the first solo climb of famed El Capitan's 900 meter vertical rock face at Yosemite National Park. He also tries to navigate having a girlfriend for the first time. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, I, I thought both of these were great. They they definitely exude that adventurous uh, stick to itness spirit, and also the some of the feelings of. Uh, isolation and solitude that go along with being an adventurer. Uh, so if I was going to um, recast these for Jeff Johnson, I would recast uh, Jack Johnson, <laughs> the singer. And then for uh, Alex Honnold, I'm thinking probably 
John Mulaney. Okay. John Mulaney's going to... I can see Mulaney. He needs to get out of town for a little while. <laughs> he needs to go climb a rock. <laughs> I can just see Mulaney going, guys, it's really big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that wraps up the Midnight Double feature, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Bringing us to the feature segment, which is the recast. And this is where we've taken a pre-selected film that we've all watched in advance, and we hypothetically recast a few of the main roles uh, with contemporary actors who are at the height of their powers. And uh, it's a little bit different tonight because these are, as we said, documentaries recast as biopics. So the first one is one that Sean was very fond of, I noticed on Twitter. Don't Look Back, Don't Look Back from 1967, directed by D.A. Pennebaker. It's got a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think? Too high or too low? Wait, why? Why? Uh, because in 1965, the iconic troubadour Bob Dylan toured the United Kingdom at the age of 23, and director D.A. Pennebaker was allowed behind the scenes to provide one of the most intimate glimpses of a private and frequently cantankerous songwriter. The film chronicles Dylan's concert appearances, hotel room conversations, and transportation downtime. Pulling back the curtain on a folk messiah at the end of his relationship with Joan Baez and on the cusp of his creative shift towards rock music. Cantankerous means asshole. So, um, yeah. On on my review, I think you said you misspelled shithead or something. You misspelled like that. asshole. Asshole. Give me, give me why you're too cool for Bob Dylan, Sean. <laughs> Nobody's too cool. He's a fucking dick. Was his point to just try to make people cry? Like, ooh, I know so much more than you. What? He's the fucking first hipster. Uh-huh. Put yourself in the interviewer's shoes from Time Magazine. Yes. Jesus, that was... And put yourself in your shoes. And you're just trying to do your fucking job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this fucking snot-nosed brat is sitting mm-hmm. there arguing with you, essentially, what, it depends on what the meaning of the word is, is. <laughs> okay. Do I mean, you really know people? It I depends mean, on what your definition is. Get, get what a, a fucking life. Fucking asshole. Ooh. What Ooh, a dick. Hot take. Hot God. take. I mean, from 1967. He's an ass. What a dick. Take that, you Nobel laureate. Uh, so the roles that we're going to recast are Bob Dylan and then Joan Baez and then Donovan and then Marianne Faithful. Marianne Faithful. Uh, we've mentioned who Bob Dylan is. Joan Baez, the folk singer and activist who um, had... A, at least a working relationship with Bob Dylan, if not more. And then Donovan, the sunshine Superman, the young Scott uh, out of out of Scotland. Um, Sounded just like Bob Dylan, too. Do you think so? Oh, yeah. His, his song stylings were identical. Okay. And then Marianne Faithful, one of the few um, female performers in the British Invasion. All right. So, Chelsea, I'm just dying to know. Who did you pick? John Ham. For the role God, of I really fucking John thought about Army it. John Army Hammer Bob Dylan. I really fucking thought about it. Who do you got? My actor was in Dunkirk, mm-hmm. Love, Simon, and he's going to be in The Eternals. I went with Harry Styles. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. And you like Harry Styles. So this is a turn I mean, for you in recasting. Normally, when you don't like the original person, you really yeah, but, take it to them. But I still want I want it to be good. You want it to be good. All right. Gotcha. Over to you, Sean. What do you got? Um, I recast uh, using an actor who's 27 years old. And in thinking about Bob Dylan, I wanted somebody who had that that really angsty, furrowy brow. Mm-hmm. Also, a, a pronounced nose. Right. Those things that are kind of key to him. Uh, he was in uh, the Divergent series. He was in uh, The Fault in Our Stars. He was in Baby Driver. I went with Ansel Elgort. Ansel Elgort. I can see that. My pick for Bob Dylan, uh, for all of the reasons that you just said, I went with Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller, you would know him from The Flash. Yeah. Also, The Perks of Being a Wallflower, yeah. which mm-hmm. ironically, Bob Dylan's son was in the band, The Wallflowers. I see what you did there. I didn't. I just figured it out as I was typing in his credits. I was like, wait a minute. All right. So Ezra Miller is going to be Bob Dylan in my remake. That's so far, it's going to be better than y'all's. Uh, so who we got next? We got Joan Baez. And 
what is your unbiased opinion of the recast of this role? My actress, mostly known for television and now music, uh, she was on a Nickelodeon show called Sam and Cat. I went with Ariana Grande because she can imitate anybody's fucking yeah. voice. No, she's good. They Brilliant. I love it. She, so, so far, you've got Harry Styles and Ariana Grande, yeah. and I'm now slightly horny. <laughs> <laughs> she just got cast in the uh, adaptation of uh, Wicked. Okay. Oh, that's right. I did see that on Twitter nice. today. Movie news. Over to you, Sean. What do you got? I went with an actress who is uh, 27 years old. She's done a lot of TV. She was in Wanderlust. She was in Sherwood. She was in The Witcher, mm -hmm. that, that cool TBS video game adaptation. But it was mostly face value. She doesn't really say a whole fuck ton in this. Uh, I went with Anya Cholatra. Okay. Yeah, that is mm -hmm. face value. I hear you. Her teeth could be a little bigger. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> My Joan Baez is 26 now. She was in The Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor. She's in that TV show You, that creepy Netflix show. Uh, also, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Victoria Pedretti. Victoria Pedretti is my pick for Joan Baez. And you don't know that she's got big teeth because in all of her pictures, her mouth is closed. But I think that's because she's got big teeth. <laughs> All right. Up next is Donovan, right? Mm-hmm. Mellow Yellow, Sunshine Superman. Did you guys know that Donovan is also the father of Ione Sky? That's absolutely true. I, I think I, I knew that. Yeah, Ione Sky from um, Say Anything. Say Anything. Ione Sky. She's his daughter. But they're estranged. Okay. And strange. Who's your pick, Chelsea? My actor. Well, I guess he's more of a musician than an actor, mm -hmm. but he has acting cred. The only one I can find right now is Bad Teacher and then like some documentaries. I went with Phineas O'Connell. This is Billy, Billy oh. Eyelash's brother. Oh, okay. Billy Eyelash. Um, so, <laughs> so he's in Bad Teacher? He is. Now, this is the one... Uh, Cameron Diaz. With Cameron Diaz. That, I mean, that movie was kind of funny. Yeah, apparently character's name was spencer i know he's got some other stuff but i only keep finding like concert movies okay. that... gotcha gotcha uh that's interesting i think that he is definitely on the cusp of his own fame oh same um, and not even to to take anything away from him but he does have a nice springboard from where he is at right now all right sean who is your pick for donovan was a 23 year old actor because uh, John Mayer is too old for the role. He looks huh? just like him. Like if you could like rewind yeah. time, yeah, like, they do. Or or that guy from the show You and Gossip Girl. Uh, okay, I got you. Anyway, this dude was in uh, I Am Legend as a mm -hmm. very young boy. He was in Frankenweenie, huh? Charlie Saint Cloud. But most people would know him as Wyatt from the TV series Ozark and with Charlie Tehan. Yeah, he's good. No, that's a good pick, dude. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think I think yours is better than mine. I just went with a Scottish dude. Um, my actor is 24 now. He was in Wrath of the Titans. He was in The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. <laughs> and also Outlander. Uh, he's known as John Bell. John Bell is going to be my Donovan. I got you. He looks a little bit like a young Macklemore. We got one more, right? Marianne Faithful. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Chelsea, what is your pick? Who is your pick, rather, for Marianne Faithful? My actress, again, is mostly more known for television. Mm -hmm. She was in TV series called Cruel Summer, The Runaways, Cloak and Dagger. I went with Olivia Holt. Yep. Mm -hmm. she's, yeah, she, she's a good pick, actually. Yeah, that's, yeah. that is good. Um, the Runaways was about the runaways right the yeah. band the runaways and what did you say before that cloak and dagger and then what else some tv show called cruel summer it feels like it's on right now because it says 2021 gotcha okay all right and then over to you sean i'm faithful that you have an amazing pick for this i do she's 27 which is a bit old but uh, she's been in some cool stuff uh she was in uh, murder on the orient express mm -hmm. she was in miss potter mm -hmm. she was in bohemian rhapsody and she was really prominent in the movie Sing Street, 
It's Lucy Boynton. Yeah, Lucy Boynton. Sing Street's really good. Uh, it's a great movie. You know, sometimes the internet does the work for me mm-hmm. uh, because right now she is in pre-production for a film called Faithful where she plays, plays the role Mary Faithful. Faithful. <laughs> okay, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I did not go that route, though. I um, tried to challenge myself just a little bit. <laughs> and so my actress is 22 now. Uh, she's in that show Servant. The M. Night Shyamalan produced TV show Servant. Has anybody seen this? It's it's good. Is it kinky? Uh, no. Oh, uh, it sounds like it could also be. Also, the sci-fi Settlers. And then... Uh, oh, wait. I, guess, I know Settlers. Yeah. We've seen Settlers. Yeah, she's in that. Oh. And also something could be a show, could be a movie called Mr. Stink. <laughs> Her name is Nell Tiger Free. Nell Tiger Free. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh. Yep. And she is British. Gotcha. Uh, and also, I just wanted to use the opportunity because her name is Nell to say, Tied away, skewed by. All right. So, <laughs> final thoughts on Don't Look Back. Bob Dylan's an asshole. I, I think that the title is, at the time, it probably wasn't generic, but it's really generic now. Like, there's a couple of horror movies and straight to videos well, called know, that i also like several times i typed in don't turn around <laughs> and they they intentionally left out the apostrophe and don't yeah why which is to make you look because they're fucking hips like when you misspell the no. name of your laundromat no no they're thumbing their nose and authority and tradition and fuck yeah. them and chelsea i think that you probably told us like most of what you think mm-hmm. anything else you'd like to add no all right so i um I am the outlier. I'm the odd man out in this one because I liked this documentary. Now, I will say this, uh, and let me let me back up for a second. Uh-huh. And I will say this: I did love how it was shot. Yeah, I love. It, it seems like Pennebaker's uh, camera angle was from from the the the, the hip mm-hmm. up. Like, well, so, I mean, it was a crotch camp. Well, yeah, it was like, it was like he was shooting from his crotch, so like you kind of had this real like. Almost like you were looking up at them. A little bit, but not quite mm-hmm. like worm's eye view. But like if you were just kind of like just just slouching down in your chair. You gotcha. Know, that that was kind of neat. I like that. But a couple Brett- of other things we should mention. Um, you do see Allen Ginsberg in the opening scene where he's doing the where Bob Dylan's doing the cards. Yeah. Uh-huh. Allen Ginsberg is dressed as like a rabbi. Is he the rabbi? In the back, yeah. In, in the background, and uh, comedian David Cross has played. Allen Ginsberg at least once if not more than once and it's a perfect recasting because they look identical to him uh, to each other and then also um who would you recast as the manager Sean oh my god it's Steve Bannon he looks just like go watch him. this documentary he looks just like yeah. Steve Bannon I was a little bit impressed that's probably not the right word but maybe taken aback by how um manipulative that guy was and also like the way he was the way he was hustling all the time he was always working all yeah. the sides like you'd see him in shots with people that you're like wait a minute that's the man so yeah he was uh, definitely working it from every angle that being said i think it's time to head into intermission right Yes, but not before we say, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some reality checks mix. Mix it up. Uh, also, send that checks to cinemachopshop at gmail.com. We need the money. <laughs> And for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Chop Shop Morning Zoo on WCCS 85.5 FM, The Shop, with Travisito, the brew boss, and me, Chelsea, the regulator, where we'll be breaking down the recast of your precious childhood movies. All All morning morning long! (laughs) And if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car, just search for Cinema Chop Shop on podbean.com. And it came to pass that the Lord Pod saith unto the chop shoppers to go forth, to rate, to review, and to subscribe to Cinema Chop Shop on all of your social media and your podcaster apps. Now it's about time for the holy sacrament of a beer check-in. You too can follow the path to Cinema Chop Shop on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. Everyone, Hallelujah! Praise Jesus! Amen.
Hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, if you think you can handle it. This weekend on CCS Wrestling. Woo! If you miss this event, you suck! Woo! It'll be the ultimate recasting extravaganza you have ever seen. Between the challenger... Trontastic Ron! I'm gonna rip his face off! Woo! And the defending champ... Little Thanos! You ain't got nothing, brother! I can't stop saying woo! It's an actual medical condition! So if you've got a problem with that, we'll see you in Gmail where you can send us comments, corrections, concerns, and complaints. That's cinemajobshop at gmail.com. Do you need a used movie? Good credit, bad credit, no credit, no problem. Come on down to Wacky Trav's Cinema Chop Shop Blowout Sale. He's He's out out of of his mind. mind. Where we can guarantee you, you'll go home happy. Social security number, criminal background check, and blood sample required. Side effects may include euphoria, hallucinations, and delusions of grandeur. So please remember to watch Chop Retrofit. And we are back. Thank you, Chop Shoppers, for bearing with us during that intermission. We just had to, well, I, for one, went and peed in the yard. I don't I know about too. Chelsea. I did not. <laughs> because you're a lady. And my foot's broken. And, well, I mean, you don't want to pee in the boot. No, that would be bad. You know, some people say, um, as a sign of intelligence, you must be able to pour piss out of a boot. That's a true fact. Okay. All right. So <laughs> what? I'm going to Google that later. <laughs> he couldn't pour piss out of a boot. You've never heard that expression? It's a. Uh, it means that they are ineffectual and hapless. Mm. So, as we are heading back in to our show, we like to do a beer check-in, right, Sean? Yep, absolutely. And what do we have to check in today, sir? This is a weird one. It's from Fontaflora up in. Uh... Nebo slash Morganton, mm-hmm. North Carolina. It's called Supper Table. Supper Table. And this is a sweet potato autumn ale. Oh, yeah. Brewed with vanilla, ginger, cardamom, clove, allspice, and cinnamon. I am here for it. Uh, so cloves, um, I have a quick story about cloves. I, When I was a kid, I loved eating food, which I still do, but I didn't know my limits. I would overeat sometimes when I was a kid. And I went to a, it was a Christmas party or something at my uncle and aunt's house and they had a ham on the table. And I ate a bunch of that ham, it was real good. I ate a bunch of other food, but then they also had cloves, like whole cloves, like inserted into the ham to give it like extra flavor. And I straight up bit into a clove and my my entire being was just saturated with that flavor and I immediately like threw up everywhere. <laughs> oh my. So now I do have some trouble with cloves, but I've gotten over it. I smoked clove cigarettes in college, just like all hipsters. Right. Oh, I can deal with that. That is pretty tasty. I, I get a lot of the sweet potato. Oh, like- speaking of sweet potatoes, did you guys hear about this potato named Doug? It's the new world record potato. Yes. Yes. I did see this. It's fucking insane. Yeah, they're like hauling it around on like a wagon. It's like in, it looks like 17 potatoes decided, fuck it, we're doing this together. <laughs> All right. So as we enjoy this beer, we're going to get into the 2021 movie marathon. And this is where throughout the calendar year, we try to watch as many movies as we can and we check them in on social media. And we do that with the hashtag 2021 movie marathon. You are welcome to join in this fun with us. And as of this recording it is the 309th day of the year. And I'm on 312 guys. I'm ahead of the game. Nice. Good for you. I'm on 345. Oh, you're getting close. 363. <laughs> That's a you're you're dropping a bomb, dropping a bomb on us. So that means that you are what, two away, two away, two away. Now, for me, 
the 365th movie that I watch each year usually needs to be special. Do you have anything like picked out? I don't because it just sort of hit me like uh -huh. how close I am. And last year, when I, the first year that I did it, I was running out of time and I just had to fit movies yeah, yeah, in. Yeah. So this, I don't, mm, I'll have to think about well, we it. We are yeah. seeing The Eternals this weekend. Plus you're seeing two um, feature films this weekend. You're going to hit oh, it tomorrow. Oh no. <laughs> you're going to hit it tomorrow. <laughs> but that's still cool. Yeah, yeah it's, that's it's very totally cool. cool. Fact, film. It's probably the coolest way you can hit 365 yeah. is at an underground <gasps> film festival. So kick ass. Good for me. All right, so speaking of, what is your first check-in this week, Chelsea? All right, so my first check-in is a documentary from 2010. 2010, that's 11 years ago, folks. It's called I'm Still Here, and it's 11 about- 11 years later. And it's about Joaquin Phoenix when mm -hmm. he quit acting and he was going to Oh, be... when he was trolling the world? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he went on Letterman with that huge beard? I mean- it's directed by Casey Affleck. Uh-huh. He was in and on it. And it's fucking chaotic yeah, it's and insane. stupid. Yeah. And it I was... lost some respect for him. Fair enough. I think that it was um, one of those kind of deliberately avant-garde pieces where they were trying a little bit too hard to be meta. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being a little bit more, more than meta. It was more of a messa. It was it, hokey. It was a little messy. Um, but then he, then he like did some really good movies after that. So I understand that, but this yeah. is a thing that happened and it is. Wow. It is very good. Over to you, Sean. What's your first check-in? I'm going to check in Lost Soul, the doomed journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. Very nice. Now we've talked about this this week. I've seen it before and you watched it for the first time, I watched right? it for the first time. It's and, insane. And if you listen to how did this get made, you'll be able to hear, uh, Paul Shear talk about it at great lengths. Yes. But uh, it is, uh, it's something else. Give us a breakdown of what's going on here. Um, well, Island of Dr. Moreau uh -huh. came out in the mid 90s with uh, Val Kilmer and, and, Marlon and Marlon Brando. Marlon and Blando. Blando. <laughs> and David Thulis. Uh huh. And Willis. It's a terrible movie. It's a hot mess and it's just virtually unwatchable. The film was originally conceptualized by the director, Richard Stanley. Correct. And he fought tooth and nail to get this thing made, even met with uh, Marlon Brando. But when the studio said Marlon Brando is going to be our Dr. Moreau, even though it wasn't his vision. Right. And Brando kind of took a liking to him and said, OK, we're on board. We're going to do this thing. And then the studio really got involved and made it Hollywood. Mm -hmm. you know, we've got to use Val Kilmer. He just came off of Batman or right. Batman and Robin or whatever it was that he was in. And so he was under the gun the entire time and essentially wilted under the studio pressure. And they kicked him off the project. So just to be fair, Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer are notoriously two of the most difficult actors Absolutely. to work with on set. And you put them both on the same set? Yeah, you've got Brando getting his lines read to him via earpiece. Uh-huh. And, and then you've got Val Kilmer you, just climbing a tree somewhere. Well, not only that, Val Kilmer was originally cast in David Thewlis's role and oh. decided, I'm not going to play this role. I'm going to be I'm going to be the uh, the, the, the bad the mad doctor. Yeah. And so it became a really strange scene. And so this movie kind of delves into the whole thing. And what was the cool part about this, uh, uh, the whole thing is that Richard Stanley, after he got kicked off the project, he stuck around, he stuck around and was one of the, uh, animals he put on a costume and, and like, they got know. in scenes and he wasn't supposed to be there no, but he was there. so yeah it's nuts it's really good it's a really good uh documentary and i highly recommend it to anybody uh speaking of documentaries i've got one to check in it is number 304 and it's called the velvet underground from 2021 I really appreciate the experimental multimedia ambition that the velvets had i just wish wish that they weren't all strung out also, I'm on Team Nico. My next check-in is another documentary from 2021. It's on Netflix. It's called Count Me In. Mm -hmm. It's about, I guess, looking at drumming and drummers. Okay, Count Me In. One, two, three, four. Um, features a lot of really iconic drummers, some that you may not know, but really inclusive in terms of like both women and men uh -huh. and some of the stigmas that they face. I really loved this. Well, speaking of the drummer for the velvet underground was a woman. 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, I thought this was great. We're bringing it full circle, guys. Chop stoppers, you know what's <laughs> up. <laughs> Over to you, Sean. What do you got? All right, I'm going to follow that up uh, after talking about uh, Richard Stanley with hardware. Hardware. Okay, so now this is a science fiction film that he did in the 80s? Uh, it was released in 1990. 90, okay. So, yeah, filmed in the 80s, of course. Uh, it stars... Um, Dermot Mulroney. Thank you. Nope. Nope. Dylan nope. McDermott. Dylan McDermott. Yeah. Also, I got all of those right. Corrections department. Uh, the 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 Jersey Girl that one of those guys was in was not the Kevin Smith Jersey Girl. <laughs> that movie came out in 1992, which is way earlier than Kevin Smith's Jersey Girl. I didn't know. It also has cameos from uh, Iggy Pop as the DJ. Uh, Lemmy as the cab driver. Oh, yeah. Um, this has such an awesome early 90s aesthetic. Uh, all of the heads-up display view from the Cyborg looks like a Front 242 album cover. You've got um, a Public Image Limited song that plays throughout the film. You've got a ministry track. They mm -hmm. basically play the music video. Um, it's really cool. Uh, McDermott's a scavenger. He finds this cyborg in the desert and brings it into his girlfriend, who's like a tinkerer kind of person. The cyborg's got a mind of its own, and uh, things get really haywire and nasty. And the plot's kind of hard to follow in some places, but uh, aesthetically, though, it is just like quintessentially early 90s industrial music, lo-fi mm. video, special effects. Um, just a neat, cohesive piece. So you liked it? Yeah, I liked it a lot. So let me ask you this. Which one do you think is more famous? Dylan McDermott or Dermot Mulroney? <laughs> uh, Dylan McDermott. I think you're right. Uh, okay, so speaking of music, I've got a music documentary. It's number 310, and this really flew under my radar because it's directed by Edgar Wright. And he's had his hands full with uh, Last Night in Soho this year, but he managed to release a documentary called The Sparks Brothers from 2021. It's an in-depth documentary about a group that I had no idea about, but probably should have. Uh, it's this group called, they were originally called Half Nelson, then they became the Sparks Brothers, then they became Sparks. And they're very very weird and genre bending and chameleon-esque and both of them reminded me of people who could possibly be related to our good friend of the show andrew oh. <laughs> the canadian in your brain again andrew. although they are american but most people think they're british so the opening this is this is not a spoiler the opening uh interview edgar wright is asking them they're sitting there and they're they're you, you just have to look at them to, to get what I'm talking about. But they say, he says, uh, what is Sparks? Sparks is a band. Who is Sparks? We are Sparks. Are you identical twins? We are not identical twins. Are you brothers? We are brothers. How did you first meet? We are brothers. <laughs> I, it was very good. There was another one that said, uh, what is your sexual persuasion? My sexual persuasion is slightly horny. <laughs> it was just, it was really good. And uh, I was surprised I'd never, ever heard of these guys. Are either of you familiar with a band called Sparks? I'm no. not. So I, I recommend checking this out. I think that, I think you guys would dig it. My last one is another documentary from 2012 directed by Sarah Pauly. Uh-huh. It's called Stories We Tell. Yes. Oh, wow. Wow. If you haven't seen this, you should go out and watch it. I see what you did there. Yes. Um, basically, she has questions about her mother mm -hmm. and the, the life that her mother led. And it sort of starts to also have this like side narrative of how people remember things differently. Yep. Perspective and, is everything. Yes. And the implications of all of that really skew you know what people say and she she poses it so beautifully and this story is just it's wild like it, it's insane i don't want to give oh, anything great. away it, if you haven't a seen it very good documentary she so um, good has really come into her own as a filmmaker in, in her own right well, um and i'm proud of her I, I like this movie a lot and i love the 
the full story that she that her dad wrote that he was inspired mm-hmm. to write everyone kept telling him like you're, you're this amazing writer and he's like well i just i don't have any ideas i'm just gonna sit in my apartment and talk to flies mm-hmm. to so, be a fly on the wall in that right? apartment yeah very good thank you chelsea it. over to you sean um, my final check-in is going to be a film from 2021 called Language Lessons. Ah, the Duplass. This is a, a Duplass Brothers production. It is written by the co-stars of the film, Mark Duplass and Natalie Morales. Okay. And directed by Natalie Morales. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. And, uh, cool. They've crafted one of the sweetest movies I've ever seen. No shit. Um, yeah, uh, easily one of my favorites of 2021. Okay, so it's going on your list. Absolutely. Very you've good. Got, you've got a very wealthy guy. His husband, as a joke, gets him 100 Spanish lessons from a Spanish teacher. Oh, over, that was a big mistake. Over the internet. <laughs> and so the two of them forge an unlikely friendship yep. over the uh, internet through their uh, little lessons. Uh, played by Natalie Morales, of course. Yes, and uh, it's it's delightful. It is a, it is a sweet film uh, about friendship. Yes, and it has all the structures of a romantic comedy, but it's about friendship. Gotcha. And that's what I found really refreshing about this. No, that's great. Else. And my uh, review got likes from both of them today, from Natalie Morales and Mark, Mark Duplass. Duplass. Yes. Kick ass, dude! Getting it out there. That is great. All right, so I skipped over one. I've got one more, and it is called... Oh, it's it's like when you're thinking about a plate of shrimp. <laughs> and so it's called A Glitch in the Matrix from 2021. It's a documentary about those who subscribe to the theory that we are all living in a computer-generated generated simulation, some to the extent of using it as a defense for murder. 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 Uh, it was fine. I... I I think that it probably came out just because the new Matrix movie is coming out. Yeah, it makes sense. You know? Uh, all right. So that's going to wrap us up on the 2021 movie marathon for this week, bringing us to the second part of our feature segment, the recast continued. Part two. The sequel. Uh, can you do a sequel to a documentary? Has there ever been a sequel to a documentary? <laughs> part two? I think so. Yeah. Uh, so the the movie that we're going to be uh, recasting is Bombshell, the Hedy Lamar story. Now, I love this documentary, and I, not just because of its amazing content, but also because it was long awaited. This movie was advertised maybe a couple years before it came out, and it was on my list for quite a while. And it fine, I finally was able to watch it, and. Uh, before I get yours, your opinions on it, let me just give you a, a brief premise. It was um, directed by Alexandra Dean. It's got a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Austrian actress Hedy Lamarr fled an oppressive marriage to create a name for herself as one of Hollywood's top leading ladies of the 1940s. Behind the glamour and sex appeal, though, was a talented and inquisitive inventor who created a radio system that is now considered the basis of Bluetooth technology. So, you guys watched this for the first time this week. Yes. yes. And give me your thoughts, Chelsea, first. Um, I foolishly didn't know anything about Hedy Lamar. Okay. I My mind was fucking blown. I have gone down a rabbit hole this entire week. Like, As a lady scientist, you yeah. have a <laughs> respect for her. I don't know if she likes that term, lady scientist. Hey, we I need know, more right? lady scientists. Environment's too toxic. Mmm as this movie or documentary shows us. All right, so what do you mean by that? It, it, it's it's a masculine environment mm-hmm. and you're constantly belittled and berated for uh-huh. having a vagina. I'm so not as good the, as you. By using the term lady scientist, am I part of the problem? Yeah, it is a little offensive, but okay. I know you weren't trying to no. be, but yeah, for sure. Um, Princess scientist? (laughs) (laughs) Digging the hole deeper. (laughs) Wow. Um, Sean? uh, All I got to say is that uh, the director liked my tweet review of the the movie. You got double director (laughs) likes on Twitter this week? Yeah. (laughs) Boy, oh boy. Oh, by the way, she's uh, directed a documentary about Paris Hilton. Okay. That I want to check out now uh, because this was so well handled. 
But uh, uh, yeah, I knew about Hedy Lamar's signal hopping being the basis of Wi-Fi, of Bluetooth, of um, like basically cell phone technology, right? Yeah, that and their satellite technology. Mm -hmm. I like mean, GPS stuff. And GPS, they really, yeah. much like Bob Ross, they did her dirty. Uh, the Navy definitely did her dirty by mm -hmm. not giving her credit or compensation mm -hmm. for an idea that they utilized. Now, don't punish the entire Navy. It mm -hmm. was a select few people. Well, sure, of course, and they're all the they're all the dead chain. now, so whatever. Oof. Uh, so the three roles that we're going to recast are, of course, Hedy Lamar, then her um, inventing partner George Antheil, George Antheil, who was also a composer, if mm -hmm. I'm if I'm not mistaken, very much an avant-garde composer. Yes. And then uh, the always problematic Louis B. Mayer. <laughs> Louis B. Mayer, uh, co-founder of MGM. And I am just dying to find out who you guys picked for these roles. Chelsea, who did you pick for Hedy Lamar? So I was a little influenced by the rabbit hole I have gone down this week, just wanting to know everything about her. Supposedly, there's going to be a mini series on Apple. Okay. With um, oh, I thought you the, were, the I thought director you were saying there's in, in a miniseries about apples. No, on the Apple TV app, oh. um, the director of this documentary is involved cool. with it. But who they cast as Hedy Lamar was Gal Gadot, and uh -huh. I just went, I can't get it out of yep. my head. She's I can't get it out of my head. Somebody else. They just recast her as somebody else. I can't remember who it is. But go ahead. So, anyways, my actress is Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot, yeah. former um, Miss Israel yeah. and mm -hmm. Wonder Woman. Wonderful reciter of lines. And go ahead, Sean, with yours. Um, so, we have a span of uh, years, of course, in this in this documentary. Mm -hmm. So, I. Kind the of, age range. Is, yeah, I kind of yeah. hatched the math. So we, we start when she's 24 and we kind of end when she's 44, except for, of course, the later year stuff where she's a recluse and doesn't want to come out. So I kind of aim for the middle. At 35, I went with an actress who's kind of got that glamorous look, um, very beautiful. You could definitely put her in the studio lighting and get that kind of classic Hollywood uh, beauty. Um, she was in Charlie Bartlett. Um, uh-huh. She was in Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. She was in all the Thor movies. I went with Kat Dennings. Kat Dennings is good, man. I can see that. I, we all went wildly different directions. Oh, by the way, of course, uh, Kat Dennings' uh, father was a nuclear pharmacologist, whatever the hell whoa, that whoa, is. Whoa, 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 whoa. How oh, do you I'm sorry, combine? I'm sorry. Wait, let me, let me roll back. Her father was a molecular pharmacologist. Okay. <laughs> Nuclear pharmacology is how they made the Incredible Hulk. And her family is of Russian Jewish descent, similar to the Austrian Jewish descent of Hedy Lamarr. There you go. My actress is not really known for being glamorous. However, she is classically beautiful. Uh, and she's not Austrian or Jewish that I know of, but she is Canadian. She's 32 now. She was in antisocial and Antisocial 2, El Camino Christmas, and Letterkenny. Her name is Michelle Millet. Yep. Michelle Millet. Millet. How do you say it? I think it's Millet. Doesn't yep. she look so glamorous? I see doesn't you. She, doesn't she seem like she could be a bombshell? I see you there, Miss Katie's. Oh, that's what you like about me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, you've seen the show. <laughs> All right, so uh, next up we've got her partner in crime, George Antheil. And he was a little bit older than her, but not a lot. And we mentioned he was a composer. Is there anything else we need to know about his figure, his persona? Well, this whole thing of signal hopping, mm -hmm. she came up with this idea, but she didn't know how to implement it. Okay. He was really good at programming those pianos, the that, player pianos. pianos that play mm. themselves. So she calls him and he goes, yeah, I can do this based on, you know, and configuring And then the joke these. was, you want to put a player piano in a torpedo? You know? Yeah. I kind of do, though. You kind right? Of do. Yes. So that that's how he's it's, instrumental. Um, so it's about to hit the submarine, the enemy submarine. Hello, my baby. <laughs> Hello, my <laughs> darling. Hello, my ragtime gal. All right. So, uh... Your pick uh, for George Antheil, Chelsea, is who? So I was looking at photos of him today, mm -hmm. and there was something about his face. 
and I think I don't think this actor looks like him now, but at a time he did, and he was the I mostly think of him in the two the two doors. I can't say it. The Tudors. Thank you. I cannot say it. Um, Jonathan Reese Myers. Myers. Jonathan Reese Myers. Okay. That's interesting. Something about the mouth. I just saw him in a terrible movie called Yakuza Princess. That is further evidence that his career is over. Oh, ouch. Over to you, Sean. Who is your pick for George Anfield? All right. Once again, using that range 38 to 58 mm-hmm. in the in the, in the the documentary, I went for 46. Okay. This guy is a musician. He's a musical inventor. Ooh. He was in uh, Walk Hard. The Dewey Cox story? Yep. He was in Cold Mountain. And he was in the documentary, It Might Get Loud. I went with... Jack White. Yes. Did you watch It Might Get Loud? I've seen it before. Oh, that's so good. That scene where he just like pulls a bunch of scrap boards yep. in a mason jar and makes a good there you electric go. guitar that, on the That porch. was my inspiration for the pick. That's fantastic, dude. Also, uh, reminder, I got engaged to Seven Nation Army at the House of Blues on their last tour as a band. Dropped the ring during that song. Yeah, everyone helped you find it. Everyone helped me find it with their cell phones, which... If Hedy Lamar and George Antheil had not invented signal hopping, would their self, those cell phones even exist? Who knows? My actor is 39 now, and I was also looking at his face, and I, I got... I really wanted to pick this German guy. I can't remember his name right now, but I went with somebody who is a little bit more accessible. He's in I, Tonya, The Bronze, and Captain America, The Winter Soldier. His name is Sebastian Stan. I like that, too. We got another one, George Meyer, George Mayer, Louis B. Louis B. Mayer. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Um, Oscar Meyer Wiener. Yes. So, how old do you think he was? Who cares? He's a dick. He was kind of a dick. I did not recast John Hamm. Okay, who did you recast for Louis B. Mayer? Uh, I went with someone else who can be an asshole, mm-hmm. which is a fucking brilliant actor. John Malkovich. Oh, John Malkovich. Oh, all right. I can see him like leaning into it. Mm-hmm. He'd have to have some like makeup because there's no face value. But I just Speaking thought of somebody of makeup, who could just have that sinister persona, I guess. Speaking of makeup, can we please bury the hatchet? Uh, over to you, Sean. Well, sadly, uh, Harold Ramis is dead because uh, he would have been the perfect that would have been good. face value pick. So uh-huh. I, had to, I had to search a little bit further. Uh, Louis B. Mayer, during the documentary, 54 to 73. Okay. Well, with 52-year-old young actor who always plays older than he really is. Um, he's been in Veep. He's been in Community. He's been in bajillion-dollar properties, but he's Played all the old fuddy-duddy men in the TV series Drunk History. Yes. I'm with Craig Kakowski. Okay. All right. I know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, for a split second, I thought you were going to go with mine. Uh, my Louis B. Mayer is going to be played by uh, somebody I did not put their age down, but he was in the 1517 to Paris, Yoga Hosers, and Arrested Development. His name is Tony Hale. Yep. Tony Hale Tony is going to be good. my yep. Louis B. Mayer. Tony could put on some weight for the role. It would be Just perfect. a little bit. Yeah. Just a touch. Um, he'll go all method on their ass. <laughs> <laughs> With his hook hand. Yes. <laughs> I'm oh. producing movies now, mother. <laughs> I uh, Obviously, this is a superior documentary. Even though it has a lower rating on Rotten Tomatoes, get your priorities oh, okay. straight, Rotten. And um, final thoughts. I liked it. I thought it was great. And, you know, Hetty understood that beauty was a frail thing. Mm-hmm. She knew there had to be something other than that in her Youth life. Is fleeting. And, and and we, as a people back then, did not understand that, yet she did, which I thought was really cool. Just showed how well, smart she here's, was. Here's the thing. like, And I, I hate to say this after you make that statement, because I think she's brilliant. But I don't think she understood that. Oh, yeah, with all the plastic surgery and stuff. And then just hiding because it was gone. And it's like, honey, your mind is beautiful. Your heart and soul is beautiful. You do not need to hide. I hear you. That's a that's a good take on this. And she has some beautiful, well-spoken children and grandchildren. Uh, yes. Great legacy. Uh, so, yeah, she had nothing to be ashamed of. And that is no. that. All right. So uh, inspiring in a way, but also a little bit tragic. 
Of uh, course. A little bit uh, cautionary, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. I think it's just, it, it speaks to the bigger narrative that women can't be in science and women are going to get ugly and then they feel like they need to fucking hide. Mm. And that's and that's unfortunate. It really is. It's it's culturally relevant. You said a lot there. We've got a bonus segment, and it's going to be a battle royale between some heavy hitter documentarians. And I'm not going to say their names. I want you to see if you can recognize <laughs> oh God. them. Jesus, Chelsea. Oh no, number one. Mm-hmm. Number one is Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. This entire exercise is mindless. Who is number two? Who does number two work for? I don't know. Uh, he did a thin blue line. <sighs> he sounds like he should have a cigarette company. Winston. His name is Errol Morris. Oh. Errol Morris. And then the third one. He looks familiar. Nobody has ever seen him. <laughs> His name is Ken Burns. Oh, was that Ken, Ken Burns? That's Ken no, no, Burns. No, no. Yes. I saw him this week in there researching for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Chelsea, between those heavy hitters, Vena Hudsog, Errol Morris, or I'm just picking Hudsog because I love him. All right. Yeah, I mean, Ken Burns is going to throw those slow-growing mm-hmm. photographs that fade into others. Mm-hmm. You know, thin blue line. I mean, you're down in the hard knock streets and dealing with uh, the cops but Werner will get down in the volcano mm-hmm. and coach you in magma we were, Werner Herzog so we were all born in a volcano we are covered in magma at this very moment uh, I'm going Werner Herzog as well awesome. I think we Hell just yeah. unanimous, unanimously uh, elected him as the greatest documentarian of all time. Oh, I love his documentary. You heard it here yes. first. Folks. Documentaries are great. <laughs> They're yeah. so fun. All right. So with that, we do need to wrap it up. But uh, Sean, do you know what next week's episode is? Buddy cop movies. Buddy cop movies. And so I do have a sneak preview question and answer for this week's trivia. Here's your question. The 1967 film In the Heat of the Night is considered to be an early example of the buddy cop genre. It was followed by two sequels and a 1988 TV series of the same name. What is the title of the first sequel? Carol O'Connor's too old for this shit. Well, Carol O'Connor was only in the TV show. He wasn't Damn in, it. The, in the <laughs> movies. I'm too old for this shit, Riggs. Yeah. Chelsea? I only watched the TV show. Okay, well, the uh, movie starred um, Sidney Poitier. And then mm. the guy who played Al Capone back in the day, he was uh, the white sheriff. But Sidney Poitier's character was Mr. Tibbs. Oh, they call me they Mr. Call Tibbs. call me Mr. Tibbs! Exclamation point. I did not know name. that. Yes. Wow. All right, so we want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps. Before we do the rest of those, is there anything you guys want to plug? No, dude, we're doing scuff, scuff man. Scuff. We're going to get scuffed up. I'm so excited. And also, uh, trivia will be back this week. Uh, also, you can find us online on podbean.com or wherever you find your podcast we're cinema chop shop just search for that we are at cinema chop shop on twitter we are uh slash cinema chop shop on facebook we are cinema chop shop at gmail.com if you feel the need to email also on instagram our uh very sexy pictures are at cinema chop shop the beers that we checked in today will be checked in on untapped that's u-n-t-a-p-p-d fucking eventually get over and we are cinema chop shop on there and also uh sometimes you can find these episodes in audio format on youtube if you search for cinema chop shop podcast and finally uh, farewell to you, the Chop Shoppers. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to get that Vax or Booster. Otherwise, social distance and keep wearing that mask. And please remember to watch, watch Chop, Chop Retrofit. Retrofit. That's a wrap. <laughs>